1: welcome to the true beauty podcast i'm your host elizabeth taylor beauty baddies happy new year i know that we're already in the middle of january 2024 but it's been a while since i've been here live to check in with you guys so how y'all doing how's the new year treating you how was your holidays I just started grad school and I'm really looking forward to this year. I know that I'm 100% in the place that I'm supposed to be. I'm really, really thrilled about all of my classes and just, you know, the next phase of my life. So you guys are going to have to bear with me while I figure out how to continue to have the podcast going while I'm going to school full-time and reading a million pages and still doing my best to deliver a good show to y'all. So it might end up being that we do a few uh, re-airings throughout the month so that I've got more time to bring on guests, to make episodes for you. Because I think I told you this before, but the truth is that I started podcasting because I love, love, love connecting with people. And when I'm just sitting here, talking by myself. It's very lonely and it just doesn't make my heart sing the way having guests on the show does. So I'm doing my best to get some really great guests on. We're still going to be doing our intrinsic aging series and let's go 2024. Let's jump into it. So I'm really excited because today I have an incredible guest on the show. Their name is Dr. Kate Balastretti, and they're the host of Get Naked with Dr. Kate. Dr. Kate is a licensed clinical and forensic psychologist, a certified sex therapist, a PACT therapist, a CSAT, and the founder of Modern Intimacy. She helps people live more fulfilled lives by shattering stigma and erasing shame. Modern intimacy was born out of Dr. Kate's recognition that all humans are social and relational beings. As such, mental health is directly tied to the quality of our relationships and sex life. Dr. Kate built a platform that not only connects clinicians trained in sex therapy with people seeking therapy for sexual issues, but also provides a safe, inclusive space for people to get access to education about sensitive topics that people live with every day related to trauma, relationships, sexual health, any type of sexual dysfunction, sexual activity and sexual problems. Dr. Kate is also the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Get Naked with Dr. Kate. She is a cloud 10 brethren. We're both on the same network, so I was really, really thrilled to be able to get her to come onto the show. And on her podcast, Get Naked with Dr. Kate, listeners are invited to join Dr. Kate as they investigate the relationship between sex, mental health, relationships, and modern society. She shares safe, smart, dimensional and practical answers to those complex questions you've been wondering about. And today was so fun. This conversation was awesome because I got to dig into a professional's brain about a lot of questions that I have regarding dating today and relationships. And we got into situationships and we get into, you know, just what's going on out there in the dating landscape. We talk about uh, dating apps. We talk about loneliness. I think we did a really good job of just, you know, getting down to the bare bones of things. I feel bad because I kind of, I feel like I went in a little bit on straight cis men, but um, I love straight cis men. I think that you guys all know that. I've got a great dad, great brother, dating a great man. So sorry, guys, but we just had to call you out a little bit because I'm here for the ladies and I'm here for us to live our greatest lives and our most autonomous lives so i hope that you enjoy this conversation i think that you will but before we jump into that i have a really quick question for you i think you know what it is if you find value in today's show i would love 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 if you would do me a favor and leave a five-star review on apple podcasts a five-star review is the easiest way for you to help to grow our audience and this community so, with that, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be chatting with Dr. Kate.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Kate Balistrieri. Thanks so much for having me on your show. I am a psychologist, a certified sex therapist, the founder of a therapy practice called Modern Intimacy, and the host of the Get Naked with Dr. Kate podcast.
1: I love your podcast. I was just telling you before we started recording, I think you really speak about relationships in such a a smart way. And I say that because I, I try to listen to a lot of other relationship podcasts, and I think that they really dumb down their audience. And I love that you respect your audience and you respect your guests. And you have such an incredible multicultural group of people that you have on also. So thank you for
0: doing the work that you're doing. Thank you. I I think we are really dimensional beings. So we can't possibly have one answer for for dating or for relationships or sex. We need a lot of different voices and opinions to really elevate our our collective knowing. Mm -hmm
1: so I'm excited to have you on the show because I love listening to your show and also Esther Perel's. And I recently was starting to try to branch out and find other uh, shows that are hosted by really smart, influential hosts uh, regarding relationships specifically, and I had a hard time finding any. So I feel really lucky to have you on the show today to speak with our listeners about what I'm constantly reminding them of in that we are people that have so much more autonomy as women in the first world nations today. The beautiful part of intrinsic aging is being able to enjoy life to its fullest and have really incredible relationships. And so with that being said, I'd love to speak with you a little bit about the phenomena that you and I were just speaking of before we started recording, which is... You, I have so many incredible, beautiful, smart, successful friends and clients who ha- are dating terrible men <laughs> and seem to have such a hard time finding really decent guys. And I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are on this, because I know that they're out there. I know that it's not just, you know, all men are terrible. I think it's it's a strange phenomenon maybe that comes with the digital age, but I'd love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I I so appreciate the question. But I guess I'll start by saying I don't want to demonize or villainize men and say that they're terrible men out in the dating world. I think that men and women in heterosexual relationships have been conditioned to show up really differently. And so they have super disparate expectations about what it even means to date versus hook up. Um, They have different expectations on their identities as a result of whether they are dating and hooking up and how they're doing that. So I think that we have to get real about uh, gender role socialization and conditioning and the expectations that are put on people as a result of how they are how they evolve in their identity as a, as an adult, and what they think it means to be engaging in this sort of romantic and sexual landscape, because everyone has a different experience of learning who they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to be. But I don't think that we talk a lot about that transparently. And part of that is because of some of that conditioning, right? A lot of Women are conditioned to secure a relationship and date with intention and find a partner and build this life. And a lot of men are also given that message, but they're also told that they should go out and have fun and have as much sex as they want. And, and women got wise to that and said, Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) I don't think we're on the same page. I don't think we want the same things. So I think that the men that you're labeling as terrible. Um, haven't really stepped into their own integrity. And what I mean by that is they're still dating with a desire to have fun and have sex and do a lot of the things that as men, they believe they're supposed to do or they want to do. But they're not being fully transparent with women about what they want, or they are in a way that's really crude and objectifying. So it's turning a lot of women off. So I think there's a lot of uh, misrepresentation. About what people want and how to get there. And there's a lot of guardedness and protectiveness, self protectiveness that people are entering these spaces with, that then further complicates the ability to be transparent.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, something that you said that I want to touch on is what you want to get out of the relationship, right? Because oftentimes these same women myself included, like we make plans for our life, right? Like we didn't get to where we got to just by like letting it happen. Like we plan out, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. We make manifestation boards. (laughs) But then when I ask, well, what do you want out of a relationship? What are you looking for? Have you said that to this person? Do they know what you're looking for? It's like, oh no, how do you say that? Mm
0: -hmm. No, no, no.
1: But that'll turn them off. And it's interesting because like I was just saying this to a friend of mine. She was like, "You know, I don't think I'm going to get married." And I said, "Well, do you not want to get married or are you just putting this on yourself?" And she's like, "No, I want to get married." And I said, "Well, I always call my friends by their full name. I'll I'll say fill in the blank. <laughs> you are a woman who gets what you want. I've never seen you go for a goal and not get it. So if you want to be married, you certainly can be. It's I think that you're approaching it in a different way. You're just whoever shows up, you're like, "All right, well, give this guy a try. Mm -hmm. So I took the floor from you a little bit, but I'd love to know your thoughts on that. And I I guess that kind of is intentional dating, but I think it's, I, I like to look at it more of like building your life the way you want it to look.
0: Well, I hear different things about this, right? There are some people in like the dating advice landscape who will say things like, don't tell men what you're looking for, because then it gives them a blueprint to better manipulate you if what they're looking for is different. And there are other people who will then say, no, be really clear about what you want and look for alignment. And I'm more in the latter camp. But I also think it's really important to look at people's behavior and not so much their words, because we. I I think it's imperative that we're all approaching dating and relationships from a place of consciousness and integrity to the best that we can. There's just only so much we can know about ourselves. But being really clear about what we're looking for does help us figure out what am I going to tolerate? What am I looking for? Am I okay with tolerating? Or do I want to move into something that feels really rewarding and thriving? And what I hear from a lot of women in this space, and to be fair, men too, but for different reasons, is that they're, they are really clear about what they want and just no one is meeting them. And so when I was saying earlier about how men and women are conditioned really differently, I think unconsciously a lot of men are expecting to be the people who say yes or no to being in relationship because they believe that women mm. want relationships. And so men, you know, feel a little bit of pressure to jump into something. Whereas a lot of women want that. And they also sometimes feel pressure too, because if they don't want relationship, what does that say about them as a woman, which mm. P.S. nothing, it says mm-hmm. nothing about you, except that you are going to go after what you want and take a step back if that's not what you want. Um, But a lot of women are living with this fear around if they're not, partnered or married by a certain age or having kids at a certain age that it says something about their morality or their character. And this is a part of the deep conditioning around gender that I think we really have to examine more closely and really think about how much of what you say you want is because you're on this escalator of life and you think, okay, I'm this age now, I have to be here, I have to be there. And if that's how you're showing up in partnership, but it's not really what you want or it doesn't feel aligned with where you are emotionally in your life. I see there's a lot of incongruence then, like pushing an agenda as opposed to really aligning whether or not you are a good fit with someone. like Mm. How do they treat you? (laughs) How do they fight? How do they show appreciation? How do they celebrate you? When we slow down a little bit, we can be a little bit more discerning, around whether or not it feels good to be in someone's presence. And that's a real paradigm shift. When you Mm -hmm. start looking at it, like, does this person work for me and who who I am in my life at this stage versus this person's only willing to do this, so I'm going to just hang out and be okay with that. You know, we have to really think about whose perception are you centering when you're going out in the dating world. Mm.
1: Yes, there's so many beautiful nuggets of information that you just <laughs> dropped. One is, you're right, I live in New York City, and I always have to remind myself that because culturally there's a lot of things that are normal here, this is not the norm for for everybody else. Mm-hmm. and And you're absolutely right in that a lot of people – I think that the idea of being by yourself or alone – is something that people really, as you just said, are afraid of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas, like when you're by yourself and you're alone, is when you really discover who you are mm-hmm. and what you like. And that if somebody's coming to you and you don't like what they have to give, I'd rather hang out with myself than hang out with you so you can be gone. And I, I really encourage people to do that, even though I guess it is scary. And it is, it's not easy, right? It's not easy living by yourself or being by yourself for everybody. But it's, it's so important to be a whole human, I think.
0: I couldn't agree more. And and it can be scary to be alone for a period of time. Some people love it more than others. But I really think it's a huge um, investment in your your future relationships if you know how to be alone. Because then you you're right, you, you don't hang out with people based on this place of desperation or a place of loneliness, right? And it is so much more challenging to be lonely in partnership than to be lonely by yourself, in my opinion. The worst
1: feeling in the world is feeling lonely in a partnership because it's like you feel like there's nothing. If I'm with somebody and this is how I feel, I'm getting emotional because I, I know how this feels, then there must not be anything else. And that is so terrifying and sad. And sc- that's a scary place to be. I agree. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: it is. Um, okay. So with that, um, I'd love to speak with you a little bit about the rise of situationships. Sure. I thought it, was, it might be something flippant to speak about, but then I found this article from Business Insider. <laughs> I felt like if Business Insider is speaking about this, I guess it's pretty topical and worth uh, speaking in the general sense. So what are situationships and what have you sort of like seen within practice of this phenomena?
0: When I think about a situationship, I think about people who are hanging out, getting to know each other, and it's really like undefined. And there's a lot of ambiguity, maybe intentionally. So maybe not so intentionally. So but I think we're seeing a rise in situationships for a lot of reasons. One, we have digitized our lives in such a big way that There are always more people to swipe on and always more folks to meet and learn and connect with in some way, shape or form. So in a, in a lot of ways, we're just very much in commodification mode when we're dating. And that does create a bit of difficulty when people are really trying to get to know you or vice versa. And the other person just isn't plugged in in the same way or invested in the same way. So I think that, again, those different expectations play a big part in situationships. But I think if we back out a little and look at sort of the meta of what's going on, I think there's a lot of existential fear and dread right now in the world based on all of the uncertainty that's happening economically, um, and in terms of safety in our world. So when we look at those very real, very hard realities, I think a lot of folks are hesitant to put both feet into something. Now, This is a bit of a bifurcated experience. Some people really want the security of partnership to know that they can face all of those hard things together with someone. But for other folks, it feels really scary to put both feet in and make a commitment to a life that they don't know is going to really materialize. You know, what's going to happen with some of the political unrest in the country or the economic ups and downs that we really can't seem to peg? I think a lot of folks don't know if they want to get married or have children. Is it even safe with the legislation that's happening around uh, repealing reproductive rights? You know, a lot of people with uteruses are questioning whether or not it's even safe for them to get pregnant. So I think we've got a lot of those background um fears that are shaping some ambivalence in how people are dating today.
1: Mm. Wow. I was reading recently somewhere that, whereas I'm a millennial, and so Mm -hmm. we've lived through so much, we've lived through the, you know, pre and post internet, we lived through 9-11, we lived through the 2008 crash, we lived through now the pandemic. But we also know what the world was like before Mm
0: -hmm. it was
1: like this. And so Gen Z is just so anxious because all they've known is this unrest, their entire Mm -hmm. preteen lives. Like all they've known is this, just not just not knowing, you said it perfectly. And I hadn't really thought about, I hadn't thought about it in that sense of what it's like to just not know at all what Mm -hmm. the future holds. Also because you're able to see everything,
0: the Mm -hmm. entire
1: world, like everything from the moment you were born.
0: Exactly there's almost no respite unless you're really purposeful about not engaging with social media or the news or other people who are (laughs) engaged with those things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess I'm, I say it with such shock because like I recently took myself off Instagram because every time we went on, it was just very loud and like Mm -hmm. overwhelming and so it's just like I don't need this in my life. But I'm able to do that because I knew life before Instagram, so I don't feel like I'm missing anything. But if that's all that I've ever known, I grew up on social media, then it's like it's like not having a TV. How do you just take yourself completely out?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really difficult. <laughs> It is. It is right. I try to take technology breaks too, sometimes successfully and sometimes wildly unsuccessfully, but it takes a toll on you after a while if you can't unplug. Mm-hmm. It really does.
1: Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. OneSkin. I want to tell you guys a true story. (laughs) I told you that I just started grad school and we were doing icebreakers the other day. And so in my group, one of the questions was name something that people usually don't guess about you. And so I decided to say that people usually don't guess that I'm 37 and y'all the entire circle gasped. And I honestly loved it because yes, I'm a skincare professional and I have over 10 years of using professional skincare products, but now you can have the same products that I use, the same grade of ingredients that I use. So you also can look gorgeous all through the whole rest of your life, not even through your thirties for forever. If you're like me, you tend to set really big goals for the coming year, and I don't want you to get overwhelmed because the simplest change can be the most impactful, which for today is going to be taking One Skins two-step approach to healthier skin. So I absolutely love OneSkin's topical eye supplement and their topical supplement because it has the OS1 peptide. The OS1 peptide is incredible because it's scientifically proven to target lines and wrinkles right where they start, our cells. And y'all know that I'm not just going to tell you about any old skincare product to buy. I'm only going to bring you the best. And this is a real science breakthrough. The OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock. So instead of just masking the signs of aging... Their full line of face, body, sun, and travel-sized products don't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. And I'm all in. I told you, I've been using their body supplement. I've been using their eye topical supplement. And I've also been using their to- their skin supplement. I love the OS1 topical supplement because it's an incredible moisturizer. I layer it on with all of the other moisturizers that I'm using right now because it is January. It's so cold and so dry. And I love, love, love the under eye serum because... It's nice and creamy. It's great for, you know, if your eyes are a little bit dry, again, this time of year. And the peptide really works to help to reduce the signs of aging and wrinkles. And it's it's so great. Also, I know that it works because when I use the body serum after I shave my legs, ooh, you can feel it. You can feel it tingling. <laughs> so let me stop telling you all about this product. I've got a gift for y'all. For a limited time our listeners will get an exclusive 15% off One Skin products using the code TRUEBEAUTY when you check out at oneskin.co. Start off 2024 right and give your skin the scientifically proven love that it deserves with One Skin. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code TRUEBEAUTY at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code TRUEBEAUTY. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show, support the people that support us, and tell them that we sent you. New Year, healthier skin. That's One OneSkin. So I'd like to speak with you about and I feel bad kind of going back here to, you know, shitting on cis men. <laughs> but <laughs> another another sort of phenomena that I've been seeing from the outside that I'm curious for you as a professional to speak on is sort of this rise of because I don't have the better term to use it, I'll say the shadow masculine. And in that I mean this generation of young men that seem to be very, very angry at women. And the internet specifically. And I'm not really sure why. And it's interesting because my clients have now started to come to me and say, "You know, I noticed my little brother is visiting all of these websites, and we'll try to have I'll try to have a conversation with him, and he'll just yell at me and say all these terrible things that I wouldn't have ever expected him to." And so I'm curious what you've seen of this and what you how you can touch on this from your professional standpoint.
0: Yeah, I so appreciate this question. I, I think cishet men are really struggling right now. And, and I, I am really trying to stay in a place of empathy with them, because honestly, sometimes their behavior is so egregious, that it's hard to do. Um, you know, I, I work with cishet men, I work with women, I work with non binary folks, people across the gender spectrum. And cishet men are really struggling in the sense that um, they're super rigid in their masculinity, many of them, not all, of course, there are really emotionally intelligent, connected men out there who do get it and who are trying to do what they can do. But for the men that you're talking about specifically, I think they have been made a set of promises through their conditioning as men. And those promises have not come into fruition and they're pissed about it. And I get that. I get that. But they are blaming the wrong people. They're blaming women instead of looking at the bigger systemic processes in place that not only gave them the false promises, but also has been hindering their ability to be whole humans and to really feel and thrive. Um, the the men that you know you're talking about, often struggle with being in touch with their emotions because they've been conditioned away from them for so long that they actually, there's actually a term called normative male alexithymia. um, That really means that through gender role socialization, men have been so pressured to not feel their feelings that now as adults, They actually have a hard time recognizing their emotions. It doesn't mean they don't feel them, but they've been told their whole lives that they're logical and that men don't have emotions. So they've had to abolish this knowing, this intuitive embodied knowing that we are all born with, um, that is our emotional intelligence They've had to disconnect themselves with that in order to remain members of this club of precarious masculinity. And what that means is that as adults, they're operating with about 50% less information than the people out there who allow their emotions and their, their um, beliefs and their thoughts to inform how they see the world and how they make decisions and relationships, which makes those men really frustrated and i think on some level they recognize that there's like something missing for them but they don't know what it is and they don't want to have to acknowledge that they've been got and Uh. and Some men have articulated that in the work that I do um, one-on-one with them. But I think a part of why we're seeing men get so angry at women and take it out on women is one, they've been conditioned to do that. They've been conditioned to make women responsible for everything because they have been conditioned to experience women as sort of eternal, eternal mothers and eternal props for their emotional regulation and to support them as they are the main character in life, and everyone else kind of like helps them float into that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, again, I want to say not all men feel that way. But for the men who are struggling, it's Mm -hmm. often an unconscious belief that women exist to help them be the best man they're going to be. So when they come up against this realization that women are in fact whole humans who don't want to be their mothers Mm -hmm. or their therapists, but in fact want equal participatory partners, well, that sucks because they were told that they were going to get this little kingdom, if you will. And this is the grift of patriarchy. This is the grift of capitalism and how capitalism and patriarchy and racism are all intertwined in sort of this hierarchy of social currency and power. And the men who are struggling on some level have usually been told that if they shell out for patriarchy and capitalism, if they are good little soldiers who don't feel their feelings and just go along with the flow, then they get the promise of a wife and kids that they get to then preside over, right? Mm -hmm. So every man gets to be the king of his own hierarchy under those systems. And women are saying, fuck No, (laughs) no, we have been doing all this invisible labor. We are tired. We are not objects for your, you know, imaginary kingdom, like show up as a partner or you don't get to partner with us. And men are like, wait a minute, these women aren't holding up their end of the bargain, but women never signed up for that bargain. And so these men are angry and they don't understand how they've been manipulated by these systems too because they've been told that women should just go along with all of this. Oh, wow. So I wow. just no. a lot. I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> you no, know,
1: that was a, you just dropped so much because, I, you know, I think that this goes back to question number one in that <laughs> this is really what's dividing, I think, the genders in terms yeah. of, Uh, Heterosexual couples and why people just can't see eye to eye, and then Mm -hmm. and also I'm so happy that you said this because this has been a theory of mine, and it must not have been a theory of mine. I must have pieced it together from all the podcasts that I listened to. But exactly that we've never allowed men to emote their entire lives, Mm -hmm. and then we don't understand why they can't emote in when we're trying to be intimate with them. Mm -hmm. And it's a I I also feel because I have an incredible father, I have an incredible brother, and that's why Mm -hmm. I'm like the hashtag not all men, and I, I happen to be dating an incredible man. Right now. But I know that this is prevalent. I'm getting all over the place. But the other thing I think is that the more um, healed women become, the more that we go to therapy and heal ourselves, we expect more from our partners. And a lot of uh, people, period, aren't ready for that. But it, it breaks down the relationship because it makes it harder for you to see eye to eye when one person is just living on a different plane than the other and the other refuses to or isn't ready to. And then the other thing that I wanted to bring up was, this is also why there's this attack on um, academia, yes. because more women are going to university than men. And so the more educated women become, and the more we understand about our bodily autonomy, and the more we break apart from capitalism and the patriarchy, we won't participate. It's, it's all breaking down. It is. Well, what
0: you're talking about is such a great example of male flight, right? Which is a documented phenomenon across many, many centuries of recording. And what it specifically means is that as women get more and more involved in anything, men devalue it, and then they leave that space. So this has happened across lots of different professional industries. And now we're seeing it happen with academia, right? Women have been begging, pleading, screaming, throwing up, trying to get into school and better themselves and have some autonomy. And now that women are really, really voraciously taking the opportunities that are available to get better educated and have a better career, men are looking at academia and they're going, huh? Well, if all these women are doing it, it must not be that great anymore. Now, I don't think that's a conscious thought for a lot of men, but unconsciously in in this sort of mindset of what academics would call precarious masculinity and what I hear called toxic masculinity a lot in social media, there's this idea that if women are doing it, it must not be that great. So men don't want to participate in it. They don't want to compete, they're used to sort of being the exception, and not having to go up against women. And so they're bowing out. And now we're seeing the effects of that because women are outpacing men educationally. And I believe soon we will be outpacing them financially in the workforce, I hope well, I don't I don't hope that we're outpacing them, but I hope that we can close the wage gap. But as more and more men say, I'm not gonna do that, fine, I'll take my toys and go home, then what they're finding is a a group of humans, women, who are really killing it. And it's hard to partner when you're not participating.
1: Wow. You're brilliant. (laughs) Obviously, you know this, but you are brilliant.
0: (laughs) I don't know about that. I think like many women, I'm angry. I've I've you know, many women that I talk to are disappointed, they're angry, they're frustrated that more men aren't meeting them, aren't joining them and deconstructing these systems. A lot of women are frustrated that men still are less likely to go to therapy, they're less likely to be proactive about their own health care, and there's still a Grand expectation that women are doing all of this unpaid emotional and social and domestic labor. And I think women are tired and they're disappointed and they're hopeful that men will, will kind of lean in and show up differently for themselves, but also in partnership. But I think a lot of women are tired of waiting and they're just saying, you know what? I'm going to move on and do me. And that's why the happiest demographic is the single child-free women, because they have said, I'm going to do me.
1: I think that you're absolutely right. And I think that we're seeing the effects of that with all of the, um, you know, the rollback of rights. It's, it, they're like, these women are getting out of control. We've got to try and control them. So we're going to take away their con- control to the rate of their birth, because that's the only way that we're able to be exactly, as you said, child-free, unmarried, mm-hmm. and happy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me today. This has been such an incredible, enlightening conversation. And um, you're just, you're so brilliant. And thank you so much for all of the work that you do. And that's it. That's all that I have to say. (laughs) Will you tell my listeners um, how they can support you and where they can find you and
0: and all of that? Of course. And thank you so much for having me on your show. You you brought up so many amazing questions and topics, and I'm really glad to be a part of a conversation that is really looking at what is going on here because there are a lot of folks talking about it, but I think we can never have too many conversations about how we can get more on the same page. Yeah. For anyone who wants to connect with me, they can find me at my website, modernintimacy.com. We've got a bunch of therapists all across the country who are also well-versed in these topics. And we work with people individually or in couples all the time. Um, And then my social media is Dr. Kate Balistrieri on Insta and TikTok. You can check out Modern Intimacy on YouTube and um, my Get Naked with Dr. Kate podcast.
1: One of my favorite podcasts. So definitely catch that. It's a great show. Thank you so, so much for being here today. Thank you. All right, baddies. I hope that you loved that episode. I had a really great time. I would love if you would send me any questions that you have for future episodes with Dr. Kate or with any other uh, mental health specialists that we have on the show Thank you, Dr. Kate, for being here today. You can check Dr. Kate out on Instagram and TikTok at The Modern Intimacy and at Dr. Kate Balistretti. Also, be sure to check out their podcast, Get Naked with Dr. Kate. It's a really insightful and diverse and incredible show. And I wouldn't recommend something that I didn't love wholeheartedly. One more time for the kids in the back. If you found value in today's show, please do me a favor and leave a five star review on Apple Podcasts to help to grow this community. Beyond that, you can DM your email or listener letters and your beauty baddie moments of the week on Instagram at the True Beauty Podcast or truebeautypodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my personal Instagram. I'm at the Brown Elizabeth Taylor. And that's it. I'll see you next week. Bye.